0: What's up what's up everybody welcome to episode 54 of the overview i'm chan man v and joined today by fish sticks like uh, all, like every week what's up ben yeah hey how's it going everybody
1: good, uh, good. and look look who we're joined by not only double our, <laughs> our very special guest but flame who hasn't been on the show for quite a few weeks
2: hey flame is very <laughs> special to me too so don't uh, don't just give me the very special thing okay we've had you on the show like Twice before Doa. Play- was like it so. twice
0: or was Almost it once? Regular. I can't remember. Once or twice. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think was, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a while back, but we we caught you when um Overwatch or Korean Overwatch was just getting going, right? And you were telling us about the first few tournaments, and uh yeah. Uh, yeah so th- it's a long ways from there <laughs> right now. It's a long long changed. ways. Yes, yeah. definitely. Um But welcome, Flame. How's it going, man? Pretty good. Um, I just read Twitter.
3: Apparently, <laughs> they want us to discuss something. Scott Mercer posted 15 minutes ago, so I'll
0: send it to you guys. Oh, really? oh, okay.
2: on oh man. Yeah. Okay. Is it? I'm waiting.
0: Yeah, it's something about
1: just... assault maps, isn't it? Oh
0: yeah. God. All right. I hope it's a change. <laughs> it's some kind of change. I'm, I'm to like it. midway reading it, but okay. Well, caught like off the press. So sorry. Oh, <laughs> well, it's I'm uh, sure.
1: coming straight from from Griffin. Okay.
0: Straight from Griffin. right. All right. That'll be. We'll definitely. Touch on that, I'm sure, during the uh, patch discussion. But lots to talk about today. Uh, Of course, with Doe on here, we're going to get an update from him, see how he's doing. Just lots of life changes going on, so I can't wait for that. Uh, And then we're going to be talking about Apex Season 2, of course, which uh, wrapped up this last week with an exciting finish, too. So we can get the lowdown on everything there. Of course, Overwatch Pit Championships, which is in the middle of the playoffs. uh, As well as the big event that launched today, the Overwatch uh, Uprising. It's, yeah, Overwatch Uprising, right? The official uh, title of the thing with the new PVE as well as all the patches, or patch um, changes that were already on the PTR for a while going out into the wild. Uh, and then, lastly, any questions that some folks might have, uh, I, and we'll definitely be covering it. So, lots to talk about. So, we might as well get started right now with Doha. And, uh, you know, we do, were watching the Apex Finals. And during that long break during the Apex Finals, you guys decided to announce. You guys are leaving Korea, which is crazy because yeah. you've been there forever now. I feel like you know we've been following Starcraft, obviously me, Ben, and actually even playing for a long time. And I remember when you moved there, and it seems like forever since you've, uh, you've been back to the yeah. US.
2: It feels like forever. I mean, uh, Korea is like as much my home now as the US is my home. I feel so. Mm-hmm. It kind of it kind of feels like leaving home again, you know. But uh, and and I've never lived in. The LA area, which is where uh, where we'll be, so we can be close to Blizz HQ. So that'll be a new experience. But yeah, it's uh, we had a, a good opportunity come our way in uh, you know the Overwatch League and all that. So mm-hmm. time to time to go, I guess. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think this is the official. This is the first. I say official sign that somebody has been hired at least talent wise for the overwatch uh, leak. So uh, that's, yeah. really that's really exciting. And uh, you guys must be extremely psyched about it.
2: Yeah, we're really, we're really pumped. Obviously. I mean, uh, we, we actually signed these contracts back in like October of last year. So we've had <laughs> to keep it secret for wow. a long, long time. I mean, I'm actually amazed that nobody, uh, that this didn't get leaked earlier because it seemed like it was, you know at least to people outside of you know some of the industry people that knew mm-hmm. it seemed like it was pretty much a surprise to everyone but so that's that's amazing because there's almost no such thing as a surprise in esports so i uh, i'm kind of we're proud of that one <laughs> I feel yeah. I, was I was anybody
0: I mean, here surprised? Let's be honest. I would. I mean,
3: I think <laughs> like, I forget. Well, where, I there was a point in time. I think at BlizzCon or something. It was either BlizzCon or MLG where I was just like, something's going on here. But you know, it wasn't like too obvious. I guess I, I wasn't shocked. I don't think anyone was shocked. The, the time I mean, the Korean the
2: Korean media knew for a long time because. uh Oh really? Wow. You know, obviously we had to like tell OGN that we were leaving and. They had to, like, get ready to find new people, you know, so Atlas is, like, one of the new casters, obviously, that's that's been hired by OG and replace us. Um, so, like, the Korean media knew for a long time, but they were kind enough to just, like, not say anything. <laughs> and afraid uh afraid of nice. Monty's wrath. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. They're, they're just, uh, it's interesting, because if you can be like, hey, guys, can you please just not say anything about this for a while? They'll be like, mm-hmm. okay, which would not happen in uh, in the U.S.,
1: Ah, uh, yeah, so journalism is not
2: entirely comprised by leaks out there, that's...
0: Not fake news, right. not fake news at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> things
2: are semi-coordinated, it's, uh, it's interesting, but no, it's, it's just been like an amazing time in Korea, you know, I came out to do StarCraft 2 at GOM TV, and mm-hmm. uh, did a bunch yeah. of seasons of Koday and GSTL, and uh, some other <sighs> stuff in there too, and then uh, did IPL, you know, IPL Team League, mm-hmm. uh, IPL Fight Club, all that stuff, for a few months. Um... And then OGN, you know, Seasons of Starcraft, OGN, uh, OSL, WCS. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, I know. The first day of Pro League, because there was that big argument between like uh, KESPA, OTV, oh. and, and OGN and all that. And Dang. they weren't going to have an English cast. And so I, I actually had like coffee with one of the big people from like Spo TV and, and KESPA and all that. And like I talked to OGN guys. And I'm like, just let us do. The first match in English, so it's there. You know, we can work out all this like other stuff later. Just let us do the match. So, Monty and I casted the first day of Pro League and then never cast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, a bunch of League of Legends, yeah, and uh, now and a bunch of Hearthstone, and now mm-hmm. some Overwatch. Now it's time to go back to the US. So yeah, now it's you're, been a long time. I, well. I, re-
1: I remember that first WCS season, Doa, uh, out there in Korea. <laughs> oh, that, that was a good time. <laughs> yeah uh uh then you had of course monty casting the
2: game and like, yeah he knows starcraft like he like, yeah, Aircraft, was it, yeah. yeah so it was good times it was good yeah times. it was fun we had fun casting it it was really awkward to be casting the same games at the same time as Taste yeah. <laughs> yeah. none of us liked. like like you know we hated it they hated it but it was just weird contractual broadcasting thing between the companies out there so we had to do that for a couple seasons yeah so it was nice when that ended but uh, yeah, that was that was weird. It was fun casting the games, but it was just a really awkward situation.
0: Mm-hmm. So if I, I just, you know, de- definitely been living in Korea for a long time now. So, if, any favorite moments or places you're gonna miss, you know, having to move back?
2: Um, I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss a lot of places. But honestly, I mean, I'm not like a, at first I was like, oh man, this might be the last time I eat at this restaurant or something. But <laughs> yeah, which which could be true because restaurants cycle so fast here. But mm-hmm. um you know, now that uh, I'm married to a Korean and I've got like Korean family and all that here, I'm going to be back at least two or three times a year just to visit people, you know, if not for, you know, esports reasons. So I'm going to be back pretty frequently. So, you know, I, I, I'm going to miss a lot of stuff, but, you know, I know I'm going to get a chance to, you know, climb some of the same mountains I like out here and, and uh, visit, you know, the same like video game, like vintage video game marts that I like out here again. So Mm -hmm. I'll miss being able to do it whenever I want, but, you know, I think I'll be able to do it again someday, I guess.
1: Well, I've noticed that when Western casters go out to Korea, they usually stay for like three to five to 10 years. Uh, most people, like they actually never come back. So, so yeah, I, I, something in the fun. water. So, I mean, I think mean, Korea is a wonderful place to visit, but also a wonder, wonderful place to live. Apparently.
2: Yeah, it really is. It's uh it's an amazing place to live. I, I love it. I mean, what I've seen over the years for like players and talent that comes out, it's very black and white. Like either you love it and you'll stay forever or you just hate it right away and, and you don't last, you know, cause we've had people come out here that haven't lasted too. And they just, you know, haven't had the same experience for whatever reason. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm the only one who's went to Korea and then left Korea and then came back to Korea. And, you know, Monty and I are the only ones who've, in korea and then like uh left for other esports gigs that i'm aware of i can't think of anyone else that's been there for a long time and then left do you but, feel like, uh, you're like yeah, promoted uh no not really it, it, it I, seems I like such
3: a like, big change i guess i don't know it's
2: interesting yeah. i mean it's it's a big change um but it's it's a big you know it's obviously a big risk professionally right because for sure while obviously monty and i have a ton of confidence in the overwatch league and we think it's going to be huge and we're going to work as hard as we can to make it huge, you know, nobody knows the future. So, you know, obviously, you're taking a risk when you, you know, make a big move like that. But I think, you know, part of being successful, talented in esports is taking risks. I mean, mm-hmm. like, uh, I quit a okay job to come out to Korea in the first place to make like 150 bucks per broadcast at GOM TV. So I was like flat broke for the first couple of years. And so it's not like risk is something that's you know, new to me or new to anyone who's like an esports <laughs> professional. You know, well, those are esports
1: bucks, though, so they're at least worth a roughly double what they normally would be. Uh, like, uh, to us, they honestly. go
2: farther in Korea, anyway.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so this is bittersweet for you, definitely, right? Very. right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm very, very bittersweet. Um, you know, because when you're at a, a place for a long time you you know it's it's really hard to leave you know because because we're certainly not leaving ogn because we had any sort of problems with them or anything we love ogn you know Mm -hmm. and uh i there was there was a point where i could just see myself there forever you know if this if this hadn't come up we'd still be there with no plans at all you know for leaving so so it is it is very uh bittersweet um and uh, and uh, it's gonna take a little bit longer for my wife's visa to finish too, so she's gonna be there here, and I'll be there. So that kind of mm, sucks yeah. a little bit too. But um, but yeah, just as far as like being in Korea for so long, like uh, you know, you miss the people and just the way that OGN and and Korea does esports in general. They like OGN is just so perfect at having that blend of really emotional, serious storytelling with like just goofy stuff, right? Like where you have the uh, the runaway players like trying to make the loudest noise they can do oh with microphones. You know, they do that so well. So I hope we can like build that kind of vibe in the US, you know, with the Overwatch League. But Korea does it so well, it's hard to leave.
0: It's true. It's definitely, definitely okay. For certain, it's a much more okay to do it over there. I think we all laugh at it. But if that ever happened in yeah. MLG, I mean, people would be,
2: people would be There's capping ways. all over. People- we can figure something out. Yeah, probably. I want to figure something
0: out. <laughs> uh, so you you mentioned uh, you know just risk and you know you taking this job as being a, a big risk. We really haven't had a chance, you know, given that you haven't been on in a while. We didn't, we didn't really get a chance to ask you about you know just your thoughts on Overwatch. You know, you taking the dive into Overwatch because you know you guys left casting League of Legends, of course, right? And you guys being super successful with that. So uh, yeah, talk to us about that. It's what do you bad. see in you Overwatch sure in the Overwatch? next year or five years?
2: I, I personally, you know, have said this the whole way through to anyone that's asked me about it, is that I think the game is absolutely the right thing at the right time. And I know it's going to be huge. And, and uh, you know, while there is risk doing, you know, leaving for the Overwatch League, I wouldn't call it a big risk. I don't personally think that there's a very high likelihood that this thing isn't going to be amazing. So, you know, I, I just think the the game is great. I think it has obviously some growth that it needs to go through yet. Uh, the spectator mode needs a lot of work, obviously, but the the thing I've always said is that the platform is there, right? The base game is so fun, and so good that, and we know the other things are going to get fixed over time, and we have already seen like some of that with like the new kill feed and and all that. You know, the the floating life bars. You know, thank you Blizzard for putting that in because that's great to have on the cast and all that too. So, you know, I, I I have a lot of confidence in the future of Overwatch, and I think it's hard not to when you. Play the game. And also, this has been the most fun I've had playing a game that I've casted. Like, out of all the games I've casted, I've never had as much fun playing the game as I have with Overwatch.
1: I mean, the thing about Overwatch League is even if it doesn't live up to its expectations, it's still the best selling PC game of all time (laughs) outside of Minecraft. It's still Blizzard, Activision Blizzard bankrolling this thing. We know there's going to be so much investment in it. Like, even in the absolute worst-case scenario that anyone could imagine, there's still, like, years of Overwatch League yeah. in, front of us. in front of us. And that's, like, <laughs> as low as it goes. It's I, I, I can't possibly imagine that it, it's not going to at least live up to kind of where, where we're
2: expecting it to go. Uh, so oh, yeah, I think no. it's a pretty safe move, ultimately. I, we, th- we think so, too. And and I mean, there was just the uh, the interview with Cloud9 Jack the other day, mm-hmm. you yep. know, saying that, and he was saying a lot of positive things about the league. And, you know, a lot of people are worrying, you know, what's going to happen to some of the endemic organizations with, you know, supposedly so much money coming in from, like, these bigger sports organizations and bigger investors. And so it's nice to see, you know, Jack from Cloud9 being so positive about it, too.
0: Well, he's preparing for it, too. You know, he's going to be yeah. one of those endemic... Organizations that's you know making or making preps and probably going to get one of those bids.
2: Yeah, we'll see. It's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see you know who ends up where with with the league. That'll be fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I agree with both of you guys. I, I feel like the Overwatch League, the Overwatch League itself and how it's executed, I think is the only part that I think some folks are worried about. But Overwatch as an IP, I feel like is you know not even halfway you know fully realized i mean we haven't even talked about and you know just any of the movie aspects or the comic or you know, just as the ip grows in, in popularity in multiple medias we haven't even touched on that yet i you mean, mean it, even today's patch
3: was insane from yeah. like a
0: game expansion standpoint i think mm-hmm.
2: i haven't played that yet and it's killing me oh
0: really <laughs> oh man yeah yeah, yeah. You gotta, and, uh, you gotta I should t- do it
2: right after this and just kind of forego <laughs> any other responsibilities I had. <laughs> Absolutely. Sounds <Something's> smart. <laughs> um
0: well why don't we talk about Apex, given that you get you you're fresh off casting Apex uh, the entire season two. Yeah. And uh this for me, this season of Apex has been really good. Like it's it's been the first time I've felt that we're starting to see where e- over or Overwatch esports should be. You know, in terms of a lot of coordination Overwatch. and storylines, superstars emerging, matchups. I mean, it's the stuff I love to talk about, especially in, in team esports.
2: And, yeah, uh, this season has been hmm? so awesome. I mean, the difference in skill between the teams in Overwatch Apex Season 2 and Season 1 is just mind-blowing. It's, they got way better than I thought they would this season.
0: Yeah, and it's so funny how some teams just kind of flipped, too. You know, Runaway, particularly. Yeah. I mean, going from promotions to, to the finals is incredible. Um, or like
2: BK stars who look like they might yeah. be turning into something pretty good at the end of last season. And then yep. this season, they just totally botched everything. <laughs> exactly. disappointing. Yeah.
0: So a lot of people have been talking about North American teams recently, right? Just some of them having great weeks or great months, and then they're dropping off. I mean, it happens to the Korean teams, too, guys. It's not just...
2: Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> it happens to every team. I yeah. mean... It's a team made up of individuals and individuals can have, you know, slumps and good times and mm-hmm. communication can break down. So, I mean, it's just kind of the the nature of a team game. And also there's still, you know, so much roster shuffling going on, not just in Korea, but like everywhere. So, you know, consistency is not something anyone should be expecting from any team right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, why don't we dive into the finals? And then I think we'll, you know, we'll maybe talk about the season as a whole, you know, just what your thoughts were and everything. But... Lunatic High versus Runaway. Uh, I actually had Runaway. I picked Runaway. I know Flame picked Lunatic High. We were talking about it like right before. Uh, Fish Six. I'm not sure who you picked.
1: Who'd, who'd you uh, have? Going into it, Lunatic High. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, how about you?
2: I, I agree. Oh. I, was, I said Lunatic High 4-2 was going to be my prediction because although Runaway had like a great season and there's a ton mm-hmm. of talent on that team, Um, And Lutakai tends to be very one-dimensional and, you know, Mm -hmm. they've got uh, Eska problems. Um, They're still, like, the more experienced team and they weren't going to, like, collapse in the booth. I knew, like, Runaway had a a chance of doing. And so the finals was, like, really close. But I think in the end, like, the determining factors ended up being Mm -hmm. what kind of everybody thought it was going to be, where it's like, well... You know, either if like runner Eska has like a really good day, that might be enough to tip the scales to and Eska had like a really good finish to that match. So, uh, yeah, I, I I think a lot of people were saying Luntikai going into it and it was close when it was 3-1 runaway. I was like, I don't know, maybe I should yeah. revise my predictions, but but Luntikai came back, so.
0: Well, it made for a great exciting series when that happened, you know, yeah. them coming back. Runaway really lost steam. I mean, visibly lost steam at the end too and um, Oh yeah. you know, we we had R- runner you know, posting just a lot of reasons why and you know, whether it was fatigue and and all these things. But um I know it's definitely an exciting finish and we had a lot of lot of epic, you know, a lot of people that actually rose to the occasion and then uh, and we keep on bringing Eska, you know, and, and I was talking to Flame about this. It's like, yeah, w- with exception to the Ultimates, I mean, Eska played amazing. I mean, Eska was literally, I think, the difference between Lunatic High being a Apex winning team to being knocked out in the quarterfinals. Yeah. It's really just his play, right? It's,
2: I mean, well, it's, you know, it's it's everybody. But, but Eska, yeah. uh, I was, now, here's the thing is, like, when... Korean Overwatch started coming up. I was a big Eska fan. Uh, I yeah. thought he was great. I I really loved his McCree specifically. Um, and I think his McCree is still pretty good. But his uh, his McCree and his May were what really impressed me. Um, and you know he, he played okay Tracer and all that too. But then this season, I mean, yeah, the guy really struggled. And even going into the finals, like his pulse bombs were not not good at all. But uh, he was able to pull it together in the end, which is what mattered, you know. And I think he was a big a big uh, part of what helped them them win that match, but like, it's Eska is a very contentious topic among in, in like Korean Overwatch right now because a lot of people are like, oh, he sucks, he's terrible, and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Monty was a bit hard on him over the course of the season, <laughs> and you can't you can't disagree with a lot of what he said because you know when he said it, Eska was genuinely playing very poorly and bringing the team down. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I I remembered how good Eska was, and I knew what he could be, and you would see like you would see flashes of that in his McCree play. And whenever he play May and I, I think May is his best year yeah, right easily. now, but yeah. um, you know, you'd see that old Eska in there. So I'm like, okay, if this guy, if he gets it together, if he comes back, this team is like unstoppable. And so, you know, finally he came back uh, in the playoffs. I think like in the quarterfinals, mm-hmm. he looked better. And then in the semifinals, he looked even better. And then the, in the grand finals, he looked really rough at first, but then yeah, he minus got the first, the yeah. End of the best of yeah,
0: exactly. So,
2: yeah. He did mm-hmm. his job in the end. So, I I like Eska.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't even originally supposed to play this season, right?
2: No, uh, he didn't have... Well, he was saying that he didn't even have confidence in his own play. Uh, And that's why they had, you know, Teijin in there. Um, Teijin was like an interesting factor in that team, too, because I thought he wasn't that great personally. But they they could play around him in weird ways. Yeah, Yeah. So... I, I think when Dean and Tejun left the team, it was kind of like a weird reason that it ended up making that team the team that was capable of winning the finals, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's was a huge topic, obviously, for, um, you know, Lunatic High. I think equally was runner on uh, Runaway being a, at least a topic yeah. as to underperforming or at least being, pos- you know, a factor of possibly the team going down. What are your the thoughts on that?
3: It? Yeah, I
0: mean, the thing that's weird to me about the grand finals in general was the fact that, like,
3: it's not so much that it came down to Runner versus Eska, it just came down to like which one could last the longest. And I think that, <laughs> that, that I yeah. think that like the two of them were both, I guess, misplaying a decent amount. But like they, the the series were still close, you know. Like you could make an argument that Runners' ults weren't good the entire series, but mm-hmm. um, Runaway still played fine, and like they still obviously made it a very close thing almost until the end. But that whole, I think, what, what what's it called? The open mic? Is that what they call it? Yeah, watching that semifinals one one. where Kaiser was just losing his mind. I think like even saying to I said to Chanman before the series, I was like, I don't think that this team can go seven games. Like I don't think I think if you get past a certain point, they're they're just going to mentally fall
2: apart. That's what a lot of people were saying, you know, after the open mic and and they're a team with a lot of heart. But like you could tell, like you said in the in the semifinals, that runner was really the one like keeping this team together emotionally during the booth. And when you're in that, on that huge final stage, like, you know, runner is going to be feeling that pressure too. And a runner is just like a fantastic guy. He's like, that guy is such a hero himself for like putting that team together and, mm-hmm. you know, inspiring the, them to do what they did. And, and his research for uh, the matchups they had in the playoffs, like they looked so well prepared for every team they play against in the playoffs. And that was runner, you know, I mean, he's, he's a strategist. He came up with that stuff. So uh, if you combine those two things, like it's really easy to forgive his, you know, mediocre Lucio play because you bring so much else to the team. But then when you hear about stuff in the finals where like uh, you could tell in game two that like Cox just totally lost it in like the last three games, like the guy was yeah, just
0: was...
2: not playing anywhere near the level we saw him play all season long, um, which is really too bad because Cox, you know, despite having one of the most hard to deal with names on the cast, uh, <laughs> you know, it was really a fun player to watch because he was this great, like, support player dps hybrid and they really used him like that you know and a lot of mm-hmm. like triple dps stuff too so it was sad to see him kind of like appear to mentally collapse in the finals but i think that was a big part of it too is that it mm-hmm. wasn't just runner but it was like cox and like you know everybody's play on that team like dropped one degree from where it was before and, and you can't do that in the finals
0: yeah those hanamura yeah. games are rough mentally the hanamura the game, game was okay right? i mean it's just like they're gonna lose that game right but it was the next is yeah, the it was the, it was the last two games that were just like wow this this is a complete different team that's playing right now and you know and lunatic high is actually building momentum and getting more confident so it was it was kind of a crazy ending at the end but um yeah uh but poor bumper you know i was talking to flame a little bit about this bumper, poor bumper man i felt like he died first in like in almost every single battle because they were focused on him so much you runner oh no, it was well. It was Runner and Bumper. It was both of them. It's like I felt like yeah. both of them were dying. Like Well, super if, early. if
2: Eska didn't get picked, then yeah. uh, Lunatic High would be able to kill off Runner <laughs> generally. Yeah. And uh, and Bumper, but uh, Bumper's had a tough time, right? Because yeah. he's had to first he like couldn't really play the Diva because she wasn't really great, and then they like fixed it so that projectiles get absorbed immediately, and then he could play Diva again, which is his better hero. And then he became yeah. like the best Roadhog player on the team, but then that made them like swap Zarya duty really weirdly where they had like three players that were equally sharing Zarya time. So I think bumper did his best to be like the Swiss army knife of that team. Mm -hmm. So I, I like bumper. I think he did a a great job in the circumstances he was put in. Yeah. Well, right now in all, uh, all
1: regions, uh, dive comps really are kind of dominating. And we saw that again in this uh, best of seven as well. Uh, obviously, there was Reinhardt's here and there, but for the mm-hmm. most part, you're seeing a lot of compositions based around Genji's, around Tracers, around Winston. So, I feel like th- this may have been one of the, the the grand finals that we saw the least Roadhog like ever. Like very, very little Roadhog actually ended mm-hmm. up getting played here because these teams are focusing on these single-target dive comps. Um, we actually uh, important to note also that this is running on a previous patch, so. We could potentially see Farah come into the dive comps a little bit more, but uh, I think maybe just interesting to talk about the general trends we saw in the meta throughout the grand finals and how much it was relying on that Genji play, that Tracer play, um, even when you are, uh, you know, sometimes running triple DPS, but primarily actually, you know, running this uh, Diva Winston uh, composition for for dive as well, um, on you know both attack and defense, which is a trend we've been seeing more as uh, over time. Uh, was this a surprise to you, or you, you
2: probably knew that this was coming, Doa? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, especially if you look at the last time these two teams matched up, you knew that it was going to be a lot of dive comps with Tracer Genji as the the DPS on both sides. And, you know, we saw a lot of that in the finals, too. But uh, the it's unfortunate because although Runaway, I think, is good at playing the dive, uh they, they lose a lot when they can't have Kaiser on Reinhardt. And, you know, we, we saw him towards the end of the season have to spend a lot of time on Winston. Uh, And, you know, he's, he's a fine Winston player, but he's, he's definitely not Miro. And his Reinhardt is so good that you kind of like shed a tear every time he has to, you know, play a different tank. So, you know, they're good at the dive, but I think the way the meta was kind of shifting, uh, limited them in that, they had a lot of other good like triple tank stuff and Reinhardt oriented, you know, two-two-two 2 stuff that they uh, liked to run, but they couldn't really run against a team like Lunatic High, especially because yeah. their whole, a lot of their game plan was trying to get back and kill Jehon, mm-hmm. uh, which was a big mm-hmm. part of what helped them win that uh, previous playoff match. So it's, it's a, it was a tough spot for Runaway to be in.
0: Uh, there were a few moments they were trying to force, you know, a comp where Kaiser could yeah. play Reinhardt, and it's just like Eska just living. It's just impossible to to deal with the tracer just killing Reinhardt standing there, basically, right? Um, yeah. But why don't we talk about just something I you mentioned? The Genji play, right? We have two of the best Genjis going at each other, and um, I kind of feel like they nullified each other. But then when you look at the stats, who are you? Stats were like outrageous i mean they, they were they were actually way better than hoxels in terms of kills and and death, just the kill death ratio so um i don't know any any thoughts on that any of you guys
1: did, did someone actually aggregate the the mm-hmm. kills and deaths and, and stuff yeah like that? I somebody, somebody posted the AI next saw day some of that on reddit or oh, something okay. like that yeah. yeah
0: it was like i saw the, the I twitch, twitch analysis around. too the twitch analysis good. yeah it was like 50 percent more like he, had, he i think he had like 40 or 50 percent more kills and it was like, really? A lot like, of that
3: was the last, yeah, two, last two maps, maps, maps though, I think. Oh, was it? And, okay. Yeah, and then you have to look at it, too. I think when they beat Run- Lunatic High and what was it, the round of eight? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure actually yeah, that was, like, like, the of of
2: yeah. life, like,
3: like, the entire series. Like, I remember watching Oasis, and he would just consistently kill Jae Hong and Eska by himself, and I mean, the camera was never on him, but you would just always see him in the kill feed, and, and there was, like, that this was one.
2: Weird- you're, that was one big difference uh, that I noticed, too, is is that Haxal, like you mentioned, did a much better job of getting into the backline and killing the supports in the mm-hmm. quarterfinals than he was able to do in the finals. I think they were really prepared for him this time. Like, Jehong just, like, played out of his mind.
3: And so, and Eska, actually, like, you could see the shift in playstyle as, like, the series went on. I mean, I don't know how much of the VODs you went back and watched, but you Eska stops playing, like, questionably or whatever because he just starts sitting on top of Jehong for the entire last three maps. Like, he was pretty much yeah. babysitting and making sure Stitch wasn't having the hmm. game of his
0: life. Yeah, they can take him. And
3: that just pretty much allowed, um, who is it, who are you, and oh my god, why is this name slipping my...
0: Zumba? Uh, or, uh,
3: Zumba, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zumba and Miro were just diving cocks and, uh, mm-hmm. running the entire game while Eska's just sitting there babysitting Jayhong. and Hong's like a one-man army, so it was, it, yeah, it was yeah, definitely it was cool one. to see. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, they're they're a team that uh if you look at these guys too they're they've got the way they play down to like polished down to such an efficient level that they can make those little shifts and make it look really good like uh, if you look at their stats they're actually and i talked about this on the cast too they're actually one of the teams that holds on to their ultimates the longest before using them mm-hmm. which is which was kind of surprising to me at first uh but then i went back and watched their play and they just are so uh, polished in what they do that they will never use ultimates unless they really, you know, have the situation that they're comfortable with using those in. And so if you translate that to, you know, like moving Escobac and all that, they can make those little shifts and then everybody still knows what their job is and can still Mm -hmm. kind of execute that lunatic high strategy. Mm You know,
0: one thing that I want to mention too is just Toby like Toby kind of gets like, ignored in all this, but Toby had a fantastic, so fantastic, fantastic series i mean there were I forget which map it was it was it the fifth map uh there were like two maps it was like the i think it was either it was the han Warren route sixty six there were there were two maps and there was at one point Toby was like the last person to live, and they were like in as in a delaying scenario, stalling, and they just could not kill Toby like Toby stayed alive for. I don't know, a good 10, 15 seconds, and, uh, and not to mention his ultimates. His ultimates were just amazing the entire time.
2: Well, Toby and Chris, uh, Chris from Meta Athena, are my two favorite Lucios of the tournament by far oh, because okay. they're so good at using their right clicks uh, to just dislodge people in uh, you know, situations where they need to get, not just get in environmental kills, but just to get somebody off the high ground that they need to. Or you know, like somebody's setting up for something, and they just boop them out of the way. Like they're so good at repositioning enemies on Lucio that it's it's really kind of a fun thing to to watch if you kind of are keeping an eye out for it. Yeah, rough. It's rough to be like
1: a, a pro Lucio player because it, it there's so much subtlety that goes mm-hmm. into yeah the the aspects that make Lucio so good. Did you drop the sound barrier? one second earlier than you should have? Or did you, did you hold on to the last possible second before dropping it? Did you switch to speed boost to get your Reinhardt just out of the swinging range of the enemy Reinhardt? These tiny little subtle plays are actually like everything for Lucio. So it's difficult to, you know, as unless you're watching insanely closely and you, you're, you know, a super high level player, mm-hmm. it's actually difficult to call these moments out, but I
2: totally agree. Um, you uh, know, Toby definitely outplayed runner. <laughs>
0: Uh, oh, well, team. there's no question about that, but
2: there. Oh, are yeah. I mean, were, uh, I, I've played quite a bit of Lucio myself. So I guess mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, I usually, when I, I watch a game, I'm keeping an eye on the supports a little bit more than the other players, just cause like, you know, that's the the role I play. So it's, it's fun to kind of watch for that little stuff. But uh, Chris, especially like Toby was good, but mm-hmm. as, as far as like best Lucio's in the tournament, my, my vote goes to Chris, I think. Mm. All right.
0: It's, and now um, we've
2: got a uh, super lucio in the patch that you
0: know yeah, right oh man oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> i gotta
2: i gotta go back and play some lucio now yeah yeah uh he's well, not quite like beta juggernaut lucio but you know
0: he's getting there bigger. i feel like they just keep putting back things that they took away over time so who knows man and, and by the end of the year he could be back to that
2: um, time to up zenyatta damage again let's do it yeah
0: <laughs> right right all right, let's let's uh let's pick MVPs for, for the season. Who who would you pick for your MVP?
2: Oh, that's tough.
0: Yeah. Every uh, member of the team is like they have
2: I I want to pick uh Jaehong for uh finals a MVP. solid choice. Yeah, yeah definitely finals. MVP.
0: Oh my goodness. He got robbed
2: because they gave it to who are you? But uh in my opinion, Jae Hong was the MVP of the finals and mm-hmm. probably probably the MVP of the tournament in my mind as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a good pick. I've never seen anybody get out of two-on-ones more than Jaehong does. It is mind-blowing. Like,
2: how? how did you do that? The guy's such a great duelist yeah. as well as everything else.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Flame, who would you pick? What do you think? I don't know. It's hard to say
3: because, like, you look at the season and then you look at the finals. You know, it's like some t- some players just didn't make it all the way, but they had, like, great showings, I think. Throughout yeah,
0: the that's true. Tournament.
3: But I don't, I yeah, don't, I I don't Like, it's. I mean, it's, obviously, Jae Hong, I think, is the answer. Maybe you could say runner, but runner's play was not good. But from a team perspective, he was probably the MVP of the most. He, he did the most, you know, like he took a team from nothing, got them all the way to the grand finals, coached them, like kept them calm and all this other stuff. And
2: I mean, yeah, it, I think you can include players that were just impactful rather yeah, than just a lot of flash so yeah. plays. So runner would definitely be one of the top five for the yeah. season in my list too. I agree.
0: Yeah. I mean, clearly runner is an amazing coach. You know, like, really the question is just whether he's a player, you know, and I think that's the the biggest thing people are asking. Well, it's hard to do but, both, too. Isn't yeah, like, like, you're not supposed to do both.
3: <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, like, when you're in-game, too, it's like, if you're trying, if you're focusing on a lot of things, which, I mean, he clearly is, and he has to do, like, I'm not going to say names, but, like, when you consider the fact that some of your players might get a little too emotional, and that's something that you have to, like, constantly be weary of and dealing with, it makes your job as Lucio definitely a lot harder Like, your focus maybe Mm -hmm. gets a little more...
0: Yeah. I think...
2: You know, other players who'd be in the top five, at least for me, would be like Rascal from Panthera. Ooh, yeah. Yes. And uh, like Saya Player from Medithina oh, again, like too. Oh, he's
0: so under- I felt oh, like Sadie so Holby had some crazy, crazy games. Able, yeah, he did. At the yeah, end, Able, too. Able, too sure. In the playoffs? Oh, my God. Yeah, he carried that team, even though they lost.
2: Too bad Luna just totally dropped off the face <laughs> oh, of the earth during man. that series. Like, man. worst <laughs> nano boost I've ever seen from that it guy. Was
3: too, it was three <laughs> games in a row,
0: too. I don't know what happened. Yeah.
2: It was like the entire playoffs. Yeah, was yeah the entire he was. Playoff. He
0: was missing Correctly. badly. Weird. Yeah. Too much pressure. Yeah, it was too much I, pressure. I always
1: got to give an honorable shout out to Flower just because his game <laughs> is, is something beautiful.
0: Anzo, baby. It's,
1: it's absurd. Uh, just seeing <laughs> just the way that true, he man. tracks, it's 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 among the best that I've ever seen in any FPS. Um, Even yeah, Libero. I, I got to agree Li- with
0: Libero is one of mine too.
2: Um, yeah, Libero, definitely. He's, he's up there for me. That can play any hero well. hmm how nope. much poaching goes on
0: between seasons? Like,
3: do you expect there to be some team swap-ups for like more super teams mm-hmm. basket, or how does that
2: work? Over I don't there? really know the contract, I mean, the contract situation. I mean, the contract situation in Korea, I think right now for Overwatch is pretty fluid. So uh, I don't know if it's so much poaching as just kind of like players being free to sort of move around more than in uh, other sort of esports situations. So. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot. Uh there was less movement, I think, this season than I was expecting. Um, I mean everybody I think everybody was expecting Zumba to go to Lunatic High just because he played so well with those guys at the World Cup and uh it just made sense. So him being on Lunatic High just feels natural. But uh some of the other movement, like uh, between Kungdu Panther and Kungdu Uncia, obviously that's you know, within the same organization, but you know, a lot of that made sense. But uh yeah, I, I'm more curious. About the movement after this season, because we've got like legitimately a a lot, a lot of good players out there now. And, uh, you know, with the contract situation, like I said, I think being kind of fluid in Korea, you know, where will a lot of these guys end up? Will they end up on cloud nine?
0: For <laughs> well. Yes. Well, Cloud9 picked up... I'm waiting for, like, a second. super
3: team. You know, like, I want, like, Lunatic High, but, like, getting, like, a seventh-man libero. Like, how scary does that sound? That's
0: I don't want to see a super team. <laughs> like, that, that's, like, exactly what I don't want to see. Like, I... We, we've been seeing that in things like the NBA, and it's just, like, causing the most boring regular seasons I've ever seen. So, like, I definitely like the parody that's been going on. But, um, you know, definitely, you know, away. You know, Runner had that interview, right? And Runner made it sound like... run. There was there was definitely a question whether the team was gonna to stay together or not, you know, right after the finals. Literally the day after the finals those questions were coming up. And yeah, it really makes you think if uh, you know, any of these teams are really that stable right now. Outside of maybe Lunatic High. Lunatic high seems pretty Pretty solid right now, and f- from an organ- organization standpoint. I mean, I,
3: f- I don't. I mean, I don't know how it is in Korea, but if if Apex were in NA, like if that were an NA tournament, and mm-hmm. some unsigned team made it all the way to the grand finals of that, I feel like mm-hmm. they would have had a sponsor by the quarterfinals. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's like some weird rules against that, like if you're not allowed to pick up a team that's already. Like change names or something midway through an apex. There's probably some reason why you can't do that. Yeah, you probably. Yeah, <laughs> if that wasn't if this wasn't NA, they would have been like picked up midway through the tournament. Like, oh, this team's doing that's good. Awesome. Like that's how NA, <laughs> yeah, That's how NA works. Like, awesome. oh, this team's doing good. Let's, well, let's pick them up.
2: I think. Uh, I think right now, a lot of the Korean sponsors and stuff are waiting to see what happens with Overwatch League before they uh, pick up a lot of teams, and so that's why we're not seeing a lot that's of smart. big sponsors come in at the moment. Um, that's only like my guess, but. Mm-hmm. Seems likely. I, th- I think I was echoing, so I put on my lovely yeah, yeah Overwatch. Thanks headset. for doing that, man. No problem. So uh,
0: oh go ahead. Uh,
1: I mean, I was kind of just joking about the Cloud Nine thing, but Cloud Nine. <laughs> we'll get to this later in the show. They picked up a couple of Korean players. Uh, does this mean that we're? Is this the beginning of uh, of the mass? Uh, I don't know. Well, we already see so many Western teams for uh, just pick up players from Europe, from America, from different countries speaking different languages. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a sign of things to come. Obviously, right now OGN is kind of the biggest, most important tournament out there uh, in terms of prize pool, in terms of skill. Frankly, uh, but you know, once OW League comes out, we're going to see a lot more Korean players shift over, or I think just mixed
2: teams in general. I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yep, I wouldn't be either. Um, but speaking, you know, Cloud Nine, you know, I, I felt like. We're going to talk about the news and say, but they just, I guess, leading into it a little bit is, uh, they, you know, they picked up two Korean players as well as Bishop, you know, as their coach. And, but a lot of people already knew about Bishop. Um, but, you know, these aren't big name players. I mean, these are players that have potential, that are good. You know, they are a Korean. They were on the smaller teams or less well-known teams. Um, you think if they wanted to poach, they would poach bigger name players, Right.
2: Uh, it's, I think it's tough to get some of those guys right now because mm-hmm. in Korea, it's not just like the money that's the issue. It's, uh, loyalty is like a really, really big thing mm-hmm. in a uh, Korean culture, whether it's yeah. like loyalty to your company or your friends and all that. So a lot of players just like definitely wouldn't leave in the middle of the season and then just like may have a tough time leaving their, you know, friends anyway after that. So,
0: yeah.
2: um, I'm not super surprised that it's not like huge name players going to C9, but, um it's cool they picked up bishop bishop is a is a great guy
0: yeah he definitely had impact i mean you could tell you could tell even just with her play towards the end of the season that bishop was having an an impact so he lived
2: in minnesota for a while too so
0: (laughs) yeah he speaks great (laughs) English.
2: (laughs) his english is flawless i know
0: it is it's like he's an american i mean basically the,
2: the first time monty and i met him it was so funny because he like uh Cause he was playing on kungu panther at the time so he like comes up to the caster booth before the show and you know we have like players come and say hi you know sometimes and they're like oh hi i'm a big fan you know i i like english cast you know but he like walks up it's like hey guys how, how's it going i'm bishop you know from uh from kungu panther We're like <laughs> <laughs> i mean it just that does not happen very often where you have korean players with just english that's that good
0: yeah how funny it would it have been if he had a recording of somebody saying that and he was just mouthing it, <laughs> just trying to freak you guys out. No, that's definitely the ventriloquist really... Ventriloquist or something. Yeah, Ventriloquist, exactly. Uh, but then we were talking about the viewership for Apex, uh, just yeah. at least the finals, and it was fantastic. Yeah,
1: yeah it, was, it, was it was really, really good. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something we've kind of lamented on the show over the last couple of months is we've had all these sort of medium-tier tournaments over and over again in the West, uh, and no single tournament really has gotten more than twenty to 25,000 concurrent viewers for the finals, which is a really far cry from some of the tournaments we had towards the end of last year uh, and, and leading into this year. Uh, but then here comes OGN. Obviously, this is a super hype finals, and it goes to the seventh game, which, believe it or not, that makes an incredibly huge impact at uh, esports oh, finals. Yeah, it, always, it always just ramps mm-hmm. up uh, continuously during the entire grand finals until the very, very end. So the fact that it was seven games, two great storylines going into it, uh, definitely helped with viewership for the Western viewers. But what I was actually particularly uh, surprised by was the Korean viewership on Twitch. Uh, Disclaimer, I work for Twitch, so I specifically look at Twitch numbers a lot. Every day. Uh, But I have not seen (laughs) Korean viewership like this on Twitch ever before outside of Worlds. League of Legends Worlds is literally the only event I have ever seen uh, on the Twitch platform, get even close to this number. I think it was 47,000 yeah. on the Korean stream, 47,000 concurrence, and about 33,000 on the English stream at, at max. Uh, so you're talking in total uh, over 80K viewers. Or, or, that's not or including China, too.
0: Viewers. China had a ton, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, China had viewers. And then, obviously, over out in Korea, duh, you've guys got yeah. TV channels, all kinds of different yeah. ways to watch yeah. it. So
3: that's I've way less that. than the,
1: the total viewership. But just, just looking at Twitch, that is actually
2: damn impressive and really exciting for me as an Overwatch fan. Uh, Twitch has been getting a lot more popular in Korea lately uh, in general, it seems like. Uh, the this It seems like the team that Twitch has in Korea has been doing a really good job of sort of uh, moving people over to that platform. Um, and so that's that's maybe part of it too. But uh, And I'm sure the TV viewership for the finals is insane too. Like I, I don't num- know numbers or anything like that, but I've heard that, TV viewership on OGN for Overwatch has been, like, really, really good this season, which is great, but the game is just so big here, like, it's, I mean, everybody likes to, you know, use the PC-bound rankings as, like, a litmus test, and I personally thought that it would get up to, like, league level, and then they would sort of swap places pretty consistently, which is what we're seeing now, finally. You know, but some people like whenever, whenever League goes a little bit above Overwatch and PC Bang rankings, I always get like tweets or like, why don't you tweet about it now? League is a dead game. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the rank season just ended. What do you expect?
0: I know, I mean, right? Of course,
2: these games like League is still insanely popular of here. So, it is. of course, you know it's gonna just like I think those two are gonna share the top spot. You know, and go back and forth every week or two for the foreseeable future. But yeah, viewership for Apex across the board has been so good this season and it really gives me uh, a lot of hope you know I mean not just for Overwatch in Korea but kind of for Overwatch uh, everywhere really and shows what like a good uh, a good production can do. OGN does a fantastic job and I think it shows in in viewership.
1: Yeah for me this is one of the big storylines outside of the gameplay itself was simply how hype it was uh how how hype the audience was how many viewers were tuned in online (laughs) (laughs) every single time the camera was on eska or he even (laughs) like tickled somebody with a tracer bullet it was just like thousands of fangirls just ripping their panties off like
2: dude that's (laughs) the craziest thing is like i've never heard well first of all the apex finals were the loudest live audience I have ever heard really in my entire five years of Korea. Yeah. And wow. this, this includes like in a big War finals, yeah. this includes law world champs, honestly, with 40,000 uh, people. In the audience. <laughs> yeah, but like just yeah. in terms of the intensity of the, of the cheering and stuff, I've never heard anything like it. But it, was it. It was insane. It was insane. But at the same time, what has been kind of surprising to me too is just like the, K-pop boy band status that Overwatch teams have here in a way that, that I've never yeah. seen before like yeah. you know before StarCraft like maybe uh like 70% guys 30% girls you know maybe 60 40 sometimes league was like 50 50 but Overwatch is like no joke 80, 85% girls and like oh 20% God. guys <laughs> in the audience that
1: is insane. every week. What? It's,
2: I and they they're so fanatical and they love these guys and they make them all sorts of gifts and all that. I mean, you've seen some of the stuff wow. they made, you know, some of the global players, like they made like 3D printed like statues of them and cakes of them on there and stuff, and like costumes for them. <laughs> and uh it's so the the it really is like these teams in Korea now are getting this like K-pop idol status that Uh, you've seen some of that kind of thing in StarCraft 1 and in League and stuff, but I've never seen it be as crazy as it has been in Overwatch. It's like it's it's on another level it's it's uh, rather frightening to be honest
0: <laughs> really i mean I, I think it's it's it, it good gets a bit creepy sometimes that's some your fanaticism. new goal
2: though dude to bring it all over to
0: n.a get that same feel <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know
3: i don't hey, know unless get the same <laughs>
0: fan base figure out what they're Flame. doing different and if we can like, achieve that over here that, i
2: think uh like, that would uh, be amazing. It was like
1: 95 5
0: 95 uh, 5 guys maybe ninety-two. Like, exactly it's it's weird when you have
2: best. an esports finals where the, there's like a big line for the girls' bathroom, but the That's guys insane. can just like go in, you know. <laughs> but it's like the the fanaticism is is crazy. Like uh, I know there was a, there was a global team that was here, and like some fangirls wanted to give them a gift and wanted to like send it, you know, to them via because they couldn't like get close to the players. Mm-hmm. And so one of the fangirls like accidentally left her purse in the box of gifts. And then Sue's so like, Oh, I left my purse, I have to go get it now. And then like got back and he, got to meet oh, the players that way. I know it's like it's, It was Cruz. I
3: think it was like Cruz or it was
0: Reunited.
2: I, I can't I can't remember who the story was with that, but it was, it was yeah, one of the reunited players. I wouldn't be surprised. Cruz is like mega famous in Korea now.
0: <laughs> so so are the Western players more famous than the or are they uh, just generally are generally not more, more than Eska. Yeah, not more than Eska. Yeah. I mean it like high is a different I level, mean, but yeah
2: the some of the what i will say some of the western players are very popular like you know they love they love cruz they love mendo they love taimu um you know they they love coco like uh, well they love Cocoa. basically like everybody on yeah. A- it. like you get those great like coco signs where they have just like the very like neutral face emotes and all that on <laughs> it so they they do but yeah. i the fanaticism for like lunatic high and uh like meta athena and runaway and stuff like that is is mm-hmm. lw blue is is uh a bit
0: higher, I'd say. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's ask one last big question, which is, and be bold with this answer, guys. So, right. um, how? Okay. So, a how far behind are Western teams right from the standpoint? Like, I mean, we we were you know, we were talking about them, like our teams catching up about what six months ago, right? And now I have to ask the question: How far behind are the Western teams? And you know, we are seeing signs of. You know, basically Overwatch esports, or at least the top, you know, tiered Overwatch esports, starting to revolve around Korea. You know, it's starting to take orbit around Korea already. I want to and, answer this last. Okay, answer this last. And my question is: Is are, are we seeing the beginnings of teams having to go over there and and do you know two month, three month boot camps? You know, scrimming, playing on the ladder, and and things like that to improve. Instead of being able to play at home and growing it in their home regions, who wants to go first? I,
3: I think Flame should go first. All right. I mean, my, answer, my answer. is like a big fat no because, okay. I mean, at least to the going over there thing, I'm pretty sure the biggest. I mean, this is like a. I don't want to get too. In, I don't want to get too political here, but when you get into it, it's very hard. I think for an NA team right now to feel motivated. And I think before this year started, like you had MLG, you had the Overwatch Open, you had the ESL thing. And a lot of the NA and Western players like had a lot to play for, I think it felt like. They had big prize pools, they had lands, they had travel. Um, And I think MLG had very high level of gameplay when it comes down to like how FaZe played on land, how Fnatic played. Complexity had a really good showing at that tournament. Um. obviously NV came in and won but since then there hasn't been much and uh, due to the lack of lands i feel like the level of play is starting to like taper down because even some of the big name sponsored orgs aren't even competing in some of these tournaments like um you awesome. have immortals winning two tournaments in a row and then there's no like half of the top teams that were at MLG just aren't in that tournament in either of those tournaments. And then now you have overwatch pit again, online, you have phase with half their team in Europe. You have like all these weird little factors because nobody's really giving it a hundred percent. A lot of players are still streaming a lot. They're still working. Some of them, some of them are mm-hmm. still in high school even. Um, but the prize pool is not there. The lands aren't there. The big feeling of like accomplishment when you win, isn't there. And I think that it's like slowing NA and the Western teams down. I mean, obviously, some teams are putting in a lot more work. I think Rogue is an obvious um, candidate for that. You have Selfless, who's playing really well. But I think some of the other teams are feeling a little bit – like the pressure just feels less and the reward feels less. So I think that they'll eventually catch up. But I wasn't – I'm not going to – I don't think that the level of play across the entirety of the Korean – or the entirety of Apex Season 2 was that good. I think that there's like an alternate universe where C9 could have gotten out of their group, where they maybe get. Envious plays almost. a little differently in their elimination match and gets the playoffs. And the the level of Overwatch isn't like super, super, super good, but there's definitely like a I would say the top six of Korea are probably at like there's probably like one, maybe two teams in the West that can compete with
0: them at the moment. Okay, Ben, what do you think?
1: I, I agree with Flame uh, for. Uh, a couple of reasons. Uh, it, it's really hard to answer this question because we actually haven't even had a tournament with all the top teams since Overwatch Open, really. You could argue MLG was pretty close, even though it was just NA teams. It really it was the cream of the crop of NA, but you're still missing out on all of the European teams at the most recent major, which was back in January. It's already April. So we haven't even had an opportunity to see how Envious stacks up against... The teams in NA right now—they were—they were in Korea for so long. They haven't played in any tournament since they got knocked out of OGN. So we don't even have a frame of reference anymore. Uh, obviously, the playstyles are pretty different, particularly because uh, OGN was on a different patch. So you know, the NA teams have been playing a lot of fair mercy, and we'll see how the Korea adapts to that, or if they have a composition that can totally whip that. Like, it's really, really, really hard to know how teams are going to stack up. Because even within the West, we don't even—it's hard to say who's the best. Because Envious hasn't played, Energy hasn't played. The the European teams are scattered. Some of them are in NA, some of them are half in NA, half not. Uh, so simply the lack of—maybe uh, it's a lack of motivation because there's not a big prize pool, or maybe it's simply the fact that we haven't had a chance to see these teams play, like all, all the all the top talent play. Uh, It makes this a difficult one to judge. And I don't want to jump out to any conclusion and say that Korea is like crazy better than the West. Yes, we did see some of our best teams lose this season of OGN. Envious went down. Cloud9 went down when they were looking really, really good. Uh, But I I think we're still on relatively even footing. And it's going to continue to... uh, I think it's going to be even going into the future as well because the Western scene is so Big. There are so many talented players spread across well over a dozen teams that you could consider like high tier, like very good teams. Uh, whereas you look at StarCraft, you look at League of Legends, and yeah, of course there were a lot of players and a lot of teams. But the I, I I feel like the scene is uh, the scenes in the West are pretty strong still, and it's only going to get stronger as uh, supposedly all the all the EU teams are going to move to NA, so you're going to have everyone here more or less in the not too distant future actually just in a couple of months um so i think because like the way ow league is going to be structured and all that it's going to it's going to even out a bit um maybe korea's ahead a little bit at this point uh but (laughs) it's just impossible to like really say with certainty who like how far ahead they are um all right anyway that's my take
0: let me add my little take before Do I gets on, and he just gets to be like the <laughs> the uh, ultimate judge or whatever. The final yet. word, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to take the opposite approach. I'm going to, well, I'm kind of, and I'm going to say that if it wasn't for Owl and or just Overwatch League and how it's structured, you know, breaking up the regions and and that sort are of having you know just their own teams in, in different regions and forcing you to stay in your region to some extent, uh, I think that if, if that wasn't happening. Then I I my feelings just from what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling and just hearing that there's uncertainty in the West and the players aren't doing this because of this or lack of motivation because of this. And it, those are things I've heard before, you know what I mean? And I, I feel like the direction would be starting to create an epicenter over in Korea again. But because of how the Overwatch League is structured, I think that if that does happen, it's going to happen at a very, very slow rate, or at least a much slower rate, which is good. I mean, because my, you know, my heart wants, you know, the the Western teams to be able to compete at the highest level, but I feel like it's it's headed that direction. It's going to head that direction until the league starts. It's going to continue to to grow. At least the gap will grow. All right, Doa, what do you think?
2: Well, I mean, it's it's interesting for me because now. Uh... Now Twitch chat will finally be right, and I will be truly an NA caster. Uh, so it's <laughs> it's uh it's gonna get there. But uh, I think right now, I know I had to. I'm sorry. Uh, it's
3: good. It's good.
2: <laughs> I love Twitch chat, but uh, it's it's a we- we're in a weird situation, right? Like worldwide for Overwatch, it's a weird situation where there's not a lot of stuff going on in America and Europe. Like Apex really is kind of like the only game in town right now for like big land tournaments. And uh, and then you've got the other factor too, where they they have a tournament realm, right? So they're able to sort of regulate when the patches come out, and uh, so we don't have these weird situations where you have like a patch drop between the two semifinal games. You know, nobody wants that, right? That's not fair to the players. So it's good to have this, but it does kind of put everything in a weird spot where like Korea looks really good, but they're on like a different meta kind of than everybody else. Um, and, you know, again, you have the Western teams coming out and competing and they theoretically get very good practice here. But at the same time, it is hard to be away from home for that long. And, you know, I heard a lot of players talking about this uh, before they left Korea that, you know, they they like coming, they like playing and they love the practice that they get here. But it's just hard to live in even a nice hotel, you know, for like two months at a time. And, and I get that. It'd be hard for anybody, you know, Um you know then you go back to the NA side and yeah there's online tournaments people are kind of like waiting to see what happens with Overwatch League so i think right now you have to kind of say yeah the a lot of the top korean teams are probably getting better practice right now and like maybe tighter strategically but i think it's really impossible to say at the moment you know who the better region is because this, the circumstances just aren't there to accurately judge that right you'd have to have you'd have to have teams that had you know the same sort of practice opportunities the same you know patch to play on basically so i think we're just gonna have to wait frankly you know i, th- I think we're gonna have to wait for the next big internet international competition whether that's you know korean teams going to na to play an overwatch league or something else pops up you know in the meantime uh because yeah right now you know of course the korean teams are going to be better because they're the ones you know, playing the most. Right. And they're the ones Mm -hmm. who have the most competition right now. But I don't know if that's necessarily a reason to say that, like the West needs to catch up to Korea, because like, how can they right now? You know, so it's just Mm -hmm. my take on it is that it's just a weird situation. We're just going to have to wait, you know, till later this year to really see who's better after everybody Mm kind of gets on the same page patch wise and gets to start scrimming again. Uh, and th- this is all
1: connected to exactly what we're talking about—the fact that the scene mm-hmm. is just stronger in Korea right now in terms of the big tournament. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we have yeah. it's been so split, so disparate in the West. Uh, but the the other thing I was going to mention is like the Korean teams, but also the Korean fans. The Korean fans are but destroying that, American and Western fans. That snowballs fans though,
0: right for, But that yeah. like snowballs. Who, you know, who I do mean, do
2: the American fans have same. to cheer for at the moment. That's the yeah. that's the yeah. thing. You know, no, but they for, don't really have the events to go and cheer at. Exactly.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I didn't even think about what you just said too about the tournament realm. Like in Overwatch terms, an extra month on a patch is actually like insane. Yeah. In the that's current true. state of the game, I feel like mm-hmm. even today there was a patch that dropped midway between like the semis and the quarters of Overwatch Pit, and you suddenly you're just playing a match that you actually only had two hours of practice time and like a massive meta yeah. shift. So it's so it's, in the
2: future. Yeah. I think a lot of teams are going to be able to you know, have access to a tournament realm and, like, not have to deal with that kind of stuff because no no tournament or player should have to deal with suddenly playing an important match on a patch they've had no experience with, right. you know, and, and OGN and, uh, talked to Blizzard enough, and they are like, hey, could you really just give us this so this type of thing doesn't happen, and Blizzard was nice enough to, you know, work with OGN and, and provide that. So later in the year, I'm sure once there's more bigger things rolling, we're going to see that worldwide. But, yeah, it does make a big difference. It does just straight up make... Better competition, yeah, you know?
0: mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, well, I think at this point um, you're gonna let Doa do- do- go here, so we can talk some uh, Overwatch pit. But man, fantastic having you on, Sorry. buddy. Yeah,
2: I'd love to. I'd love to stay in chat, but yeah, just with with all the Apex stuff and my impending international move and and all this crazy stuff, I have not had time to catch a lot of those vods. So wouldn't have a lot what, to add. What, what
1: when do you move? Which day? How long from now?
2: Uh, I'm flying out on May first. Okay. That's what I'm that's Manifest? what I'm going. A couple of weeks left. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to be relaxing on uh, Jeju Island to the south of South Korea with my wife for a week next week. Nice. Um, and then one week of packing, getting rid of stuff I don't want to bring with me and then uh, then yeah, that's that's that. So that's, and you're going to end up
1: in Irvine, do you know yet?
2: Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be in Irvine initially because you know we we want to be close to Blizzard HQ makes sense because we're gonna be you know consulting with them on on the league and stuff. So no no awesome. pressure, right?
0: Yeah, no pressure at all.
2: That means
0: any changes you want, guys, go tell Doa and will he'll directly <laughs> tell the. I'll, I'll see what, I can, I'll <laughs> yeah, see what yeah. I can do. Exactly. I was an inside <laughs> man now. All right. all right, guys, we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back with uh, some more talk about the new event as well as Overwatch Pit. All right, see you in a second. But All right. I'm sure that there would have been well, a thread about it. And um, we're midstream into playoffs right now. And um, we got the winners of the final brackets, I think, for each region already set. So let's uh, let's just kind of go over it really, really quickly here. Um, let me bring it up. Let's bring up EU first. And um, EU's... <laughs> got some crazy results, guys. Uh yeah, uh, we got <laughs> two very confusing to me. Huge upsets. Huge upsets in the upper bracket, at least. We've got uh um, movie star writers beating Nip 2-0 and then E United beating Misfits 2-0 also to move on into the upper bracket finals. So that leaves uh, Misfits against Singularity um, in the losers bracket. And then I think Dignitas and laser Kitten still have to play, and then Nip plays the winner of that. So yeah, let's talk about this, guys. Alright, we last week we talked, you know, I, I think I mentioned that I felt like Misfits was you know, playing to the competition that they were playing against, you know, like to the level of competition they were playing against, and You know, haven't looked good, you know, up to date at least, not in the the few weeks leading up to uh, this current week. And then now we got United actually beating them. I mean, United played well too, but Misfits losing is huge news because they're huge favorites in this entire tournament. So, what are your thoughts?
1: That's that's that one was a huge surprise to me. Movie Star Riders was also a huge surprise. Um, Misfits, frankly, they just haven't lived up to what I personally expected. But pretty much the entire community expected uh they would they would be able to accomplish by this point i mean it's not like okay look this is this is a relatively new roster it's only been this very specific roster for a couple of months they're switching roles around so things are going to settle into place over time but it's not like this is brand new and it's not like they haven't put in the time or effort this team was in korea boot camping scrimming all day practicing all day i know how hard working these guys are how much they want to win i'm very surprised to see them going down and not being in the winner's bracket here Uh, to me just watching them play it seems like they've struggled to adapt to the meta Uh, they have the talent to play basically any meta that they want Uh, but they're they're, it seems like they're slightly reluctant to to play the play the tracers play the the far mercies like these things that we're seeing from a lot of the other western teams Uh, but yeah Big surprise, and I I won't lie—I'm a bit of a Tavik fanboy, so I'm I'm like a little sad. Uh, I I hope that they
3: can pull it together. Blaine, I mean, I guess I'm (laughs) in the same boat. It's just that team—I feel like they make too many changes. Like they—they keep like shuffling players' roles, like between Korea and even now they've made role changes. And I guess that's only been a few weeks or a month or so, so it's not super. like shocking that they would be having troubles. I mean, EU United's been playing together for a while. That the core of that team has stuck together through thick and thin. So, yeah them losing to United, I don't think is a big scare or anything for them. But I would say that they're not performing up to what they you would think that they were going to. But I think a lot of that has to do again with them swapping. Like Zebosai is now a healer, and Nevix is on DPS. And Tivik had so much experience playing with Zebosai on DPS and Nevix healing. And now it's like that whole dynamic is very, very different now. And um, I'm not sure if that's adversely affecting them or how long it's going to take for them to get over that. But I think that they're not comfortable. There's obviously some issues within the team if they're feeling like, oh, maybe we should make changes. Like instead of going for lateral changes or swapping a player, they're just swapping roles. And I think sometimes that hurts players or that hurts mentalities or... Like, is oh, it, this player might be better. This guy thinks he's better than me at this, or I might be not as good as I thought I was at that. And I, it's just a it's, weird spot to be in, I think. I think, like, it's a very talented roster, but maybe they would all be better if there was, like, some weird five DPS meta. Yeah, you know, I mean, like that, that's, that's what I was going to say.
0: It. Like, is it a meta issue right now? Just Divecom is just terrible for them. No, I think it's more. It shouldn't than just, be. Yeah, that's I what I right? mean. They, they have yeah, these the, the right people, uh, at least in, in their past, you know, their past teams and what they've played right so um it's very very shocking and i don't know well maybe it could have been just i don't know a bad day they're obviously still in the lower brackets but they can fight their way all the way back up but um even just losing 2-0 to united is surprising you know it would have wouldn't have been as bad if they would have just you know got a game out of it and it was like really really close for the other ones but Yeah, it was kind of surprising it was that much. And then movie star writers. I mean, these guys have been super hot lately. And um, well, I'm maybe just super hot this past week. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah, it's mostly this week. I was actually going to say quite
1: literally the opposite. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at movie star writers on Liquipedia, Chris. Yeah, yeah. And their claim to fame was winning a go for Overwatch Europe Cup number 41 Mm -hmm. for $163. Yes, yes. That is like their best showing ever.
0: So the so the question is that what happened again. to Nip then? What the heck happened to yeah. Nip then? You know, I guess is what is really the question.
3: Uh, that I mean that team, mm, Movie Star Writers isn't new though. They're not like no,
0: a, they've
1: been around
3: since. Uh, but I, know, I, I feel like I watched them recently outside of maybe it was that tournament that you're mentioning. But I think recently they've been putting up pretty decent performances. Like thought, this wasn't this wasn't. I mean, this yeah. was an upset, but this wasn't like a oh my god, these guys came out of nowhere and beat Nip. It's like. Oh, they had a really
0: good day. Their groups. Just, I think they did well in groups, didn't they? they, they did yeah, well.
3: they're yeah. they're a good team. They're not yeah. like uh, it's not like they're not sponsored, mm-hmm. obviously. Or maybe maybe that is a sponsor. I don't think so. But they're <laughs> um. So. My point so. being that like they're kind of like in that same boat that I think Hammers was in, like Chads. Like they they were kind of like another Chads level team ish, maybe a little bit lower. But NIP again, like where where have you seen NIP recently? Like when was the last time we saw NIP play? Even like this tournament might be the first time that we've seen them. They were kind of adversely one. affected yeah. with Dignitas, I think, and even United, and like that list of teams that just never got to play because they were always in Europe. And Europe, like that's the meme, right? That Europe doesn't never had tournaments.
0: Yeah. So, so we're starting to see the same thing in Europe as we see in NA. You know, some of these teams that were supposed to be on top are getting dethroned this this month, this meta, and we might see a you know shake up the next time meta changes, which could be, like, right now with all these... Could be, like, six hours ago. Exactly. And Nip, if we're going back to Triple Tank, Nip's going to be riding on top again soon, so...
3: (laughs) Yeah, they might make it to the finals now. Exactly.
0: You don't know, really. It's just crazy, right? Uh, Why don't we talk about NA now? We got uh, a little bit less surprises or just a lot less surprises than NA. Uh, We've got um, Selfless beating Team Liquid 2-1, and Team Liquid looked pretty good in that match, I have to say. They've looked better recently than the last several tournaments. I mean, we talked about them the last few weeks. So uh, I felt like this, this last week they've looked pretty well, at least the matches I saw. So they, they took Selfless a to 2-1. Uh, so Selfless ended advancing. And then Rogue beat CLG 2-0. So it's Selfless versus Rogue. No surprise here. I think a lot of folks were expecting this. Uh, this is a rematch from what we saw from the monthly melee, I believe, right? So, um, yeah, we'll see if Selfless can get some revenge here on Rogue. But what are your guys' thoughts on semifinals and possible finals matchup here?
1: Selfless first rogue is basically the, who's the king of NA right now. Um, mm-hmm. Both yep. of these teams have been looking pretty dominant in the region, uh, and it, it, you know, without the Enviouses and the Cloud Nines and the NRGs of the world, I mean, these two teams are basically—they're at the top. They're at the top. So this will be a good match to to figure out where the pecking order sits uh in and a of course you've still got teams like lg evil which have been very very hot recently but up until the last week or two now they're kind of taking a nosedive in terms of some of their performance uh so yeah um i'm really excited for this match it's a it'll actually take place uh, i think a little bit after the airing of this episode because we're recording this a little bit early so uh, it should be taking place uh if you're listening to this on thursday in a couple of hours so that's going to be a great one
0: yeah, and what about you, Flynn? What do you think? Um,
3: I mean patch, right? Like that's kind of yeah. <laughs> that's like the
0: that. yeah, Why do we have this, That's like,
1: like, uh, that's
3: like the smoke screen, you know? Like you throw the smoke, and then like you don't really know who's gonna come out of it. Um, I mean, Rogue has been playing almost pretty one dimensionally, I would say, throughout the entirety Jared. of their showing. Like <laughs> knocks on the Winston, soon on the Tracer. Yeah, it's yeah. been a staple. Um a few deviations here and there. And I think selfless kind of the same thing, Sinatra on the Tracer, sometimes Snatch on the Genji, Defrain on the 76, saw him on Farrah a little bit. Um, point being though, like some of these heroes are just going to fall off, potentially depending on how this whole thing shifts out. I saw FaZe today run a Torbjorn on defense on Route 66 with huge success. I wonder how much of that had to do with the Lucio changes and how like how there's like a dynamic there. Now there's going to be a big shift, I think at the end of this, just because people, I don't think people realize how big of a change that like speed thing is. So I would say, I mean, that's going to be good, but I'm really looking out to see liquid. I think more Mm -hmm. Um, before this tournament liquid, like again, you said liquid just never really looked convincing and I think when they picked up Shatter, a lot of people, I mean, including myself, were saying, like, why would you get a streamer? Like, he's never played competitive. Oh, Shatter's but Shatter's impressing me. But do. no, yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah. the whole Starting past, to get in
0: there. Mm-hmm.
3: like, the past couple of weeks, he was, he like, you could, you, you, like, watching Liquid is, like, watching Shatter grow up, I think. And even, like, ID, they just played Selfless. Yeah. They almost beat Selfless, actually. Yeah, played well. It was almost a convincing, not a convincing, but it was almost a 2-0 for Liquid against Selfless. So back to that whole, like, Selfless versus Rogue thing, I definitely think Rogue has the upper hand, but liquid as a team are starting to look really scary individually i think azk is starting to come out as like one of those top Definitely, tracers yep yep when id has a good game it's incredible for him and like Shatter's just been getting better and better every week so that team is and they already have like probably the best tank in na and measure so that whole team is like they have a lot of potential i'm just really curious to see like and i think they just got a new coach too i'm like ranting but Okay. Of all these reasons why Liquid should be getting better, but they're my they're like my dark horse to watch. But I think that there's going to be a lot of swaps in the pecking yeah. order at the end of the day just because of the patch.
0: Well, they go against LG Evil next, so that'll be good to see how they they at least stack up against LG Evil, who who's on the way down. That that team's on the way down, at least from the standpoint of where they were a month ago. Um, but Phase Clan CLG to in the other matchup in the losers bracket. And then yeah, we'll see it. See how things work out here. And then in the end, I forget. Like the the two regions come together, right? The champions from the two regions end up playing in the finals. No, is that? No, I, no, I forget. Just two
3: no. separate tournaments. Oh, just two separate
0: tournaments. Oh, it's separate yeah. tournaments. oh yeah. that's so bummer. It's actually a thirty thousand. only yeah, a bummer. Man. Oh, oh my god.
1: Oh, all right. it, it ends this week, by the way. It ends oh. on Friday, I think.
0: Jeez, why do they just like have them play each other? This was the most aggressive schedule ever I, know. ever, I think. Okay, all right. <laughs> it would have been I cool never. if they flew out the
1: winners of yeah. each. That would have been neat. Yeah. One day.
0: Okay, well, we're going to move on. We've got some, still a few bit of news just to wrap things up. Uh, before you do that, I want to give a shout-out to a few of the folks that are listening on iTunes. You can find the overview on any of the podcast apps or on iTunes and Google Podcasts just look up Overwatch or look up the overview and you will find us there and i want to give a shout out to three folks that left us five star reviews and some great comments uh, X Rory X Lunchwagon and Joe Burr uh those type of ratings and and um things like that help us greatly in terms of SEO on these different um you know uh aggregators you know for podcasts so keep keep up with that it's been really really great the last month or two you guys have been amazing with that and it helps us so um you know it doesn't cost any money just know it takes like about a minute or two to do it so if you do listen to us i would appreciate if you do that uh all right let's go with news so c9 has a lot of things going on right now or at least a couple big things that were announced uh jack did a an article or at least just an interview that Doa mentioned earlier and um, brought up a few interesting things, you know, latest round of funding being one of them, which, you know, they got like kind of a few months, a couple months ago now. Um, And, you know, he alluded to it, helping them secure a potential spot in the Overwatch League and, and really bringing some more names, you know, into, I guess the ownership of C9 Um, as well as just building a campus, which was, Pretty cool. Bring in all the sports, you know, all of their players together on a campus and you know, mention things like psychologists and gyms and you know things like that. What did you guys think of the interview?
1: Pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the fact that Cloud9 recently raised some capital as well. Uh, as it's, it's really cool. Like Alexis O'Hanian, Reddit co-founder. Yep. You've got Hunter Pence, who plays for the Giants and is also a gamer, streams on Twitch, uh, all, all these really big names investing and Jack basically makes it sound like you know at least part of the reason here is to get more more funding and brass and business people behind them to help them prepare for Overwatch League specifically, which was uh, pretty interesting to see in that interview. Um, the idea of having a campus is cool, having like a Cloud Nine like mega campus that could end up being really cool for them if they if if they can pull it off. I don't think anyone else has actually done anything like that. Any other major esports teams. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the, the player transfers are also very interesting for mm-hmm. Overwatch fans uh, because this this Cloud9 team was looking better and better as time went on. I was a little bit surprised by this. Uh, uh, seeing Zephyr, Sally, Bishop replace uh, Rib and Mendo have been, uh, I don't know if they've been booted or benched or. Benched. Or,
0: Rib- yeah, just benched. Yeah, Rib and um, Mendo benched.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty interesting move. I, I've, you know, I've been a Vic fan. I've also been a Mendo fan. Like when he stopped playing competitively for a little while, I was super bummed. Glad to see him join Cloud9, but he wasn't on the team very long or, or wasn't a starter, I guess, on the team very long. Um, but, you know, Bishop, as the coach, he comes from Korea. He knows the Korean scene. He he must know something about these players. And I, I don't know too much myself yeah, me either. about Zephyr and Selly, but uh, he must know. Must have a good reason yeah. for this, I'll say them.
0: Can we can we talk about Gods on Tank now, too? Uh, have, have you guys seen him play Tank at all? I mean, he's, he was already playing
1: a lot of Winston in the past. Like, Winston's one of his mains, yeah. so I'm not hugely surprised, especially given shit. how dive comp is so popular right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's mainly going to just be playing Winston, I assume. Or actually, Rib has got kicked oh, Wow. I know. Is he going to be he's- playing Ryan and stuff? Yeah.
3: Uh... That's what I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, he's the Ryan player now. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not sold. I mean, all right, Jackson, inter- I'll go back. Jack's interview was fantastic. Like,
0: yeah, I've, I've met
3: Jack in real life. He seems like a chill dude, but that interview, I think if he fulfills, you know, like if he follows his dream and gets to where he wants, I think his vision is perfect in some weird way. Like he was even talking about getting housing for like players that were in there, like at an age where they need yeah, their own yeah, house, their you know, wives like to raise families and, their, and stuff. and like, and stuff? get yeah. a gym. Yeah. So like, Honestly, Jack, I'm right here. I'll take it. <laughs> you know it's 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 interesting that whole dynamic, and I like the way that he phrased it too because I think some of the hinting that was done in that interview was more or less along the lines of like you can tell that all of the owners really want Overwatch League to succeed, but it's not only just from like an Overwatch perspective, it's from like an eSports and like how will this affect, like he was talking about the Dota team and like how this might affect Dota if they see Overwatch League being successful Mm -hmm. and how he thinks that Overwatch League will eventually start influencing the way that the other eSports go. So I like that whole, I like the way that that whole interview went and like how his vision of what the impacts could be to the rest of eSports was. So that was cool. Um, But yeah, from the team perspective, I mean, I've known for a long time, I guess, I guess since Korea when they were still in Korea, I knew that Mendo was considering, if not already definitively going to leave or bench himself. I think that there was a lot of stress. going. I mean, he's young, so I'll give him benefit of the doubt. Uh, It's definitely stressful to move to Korea with a bunch of people that are older than you that are maybe different mindsets or have different priorities or different ways of doing things. So. I think that there was like a weird—I don't know if it was a cultural thing or just like a maybe they just didn't get along or the team wasn't performing well and he got scapegoated potentially. But mm. I mean, again, they have a coach now; it's the coach's call. It's no one else's, which I which I agree with, which I like. But um, we'll see how it works out for them. I mean, they were looking good in Korea, but they haven't played since they came back, and
0: they're gonna they're gonna play kind of soon. The same.
3: Yeah, that's kind of the same for every team. I mean, we're, we even—I don't even think Fnatic's on the agenda, but it's like, where are they?
0: yeah true that's what who fanatic <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> fanatic? Right? oh yeah i remember those Yeah, t- crazy no but we're gonna be seeing c9 at rivalcade so we'll, we'll see this new lineup and see what happens but mendo what does that mean for him and rib like are they are they gonna leave the team you know i know they're gonna be officially part of the roster for a while because that's just contracts and we've we've seen c9 just hold people for a while,
3: you know? I mean, Grego just got released one, know, from his Grego year contract from last yeah. year or something, so... Yeah, so... Uh, so um, I don't think it makes sense to let him go, you know? I mean, I, obviously it sucks being stuck in contract jail, as the players call it, but I think from a business standpoint, it doesn't make sense to release him when Owl is this close.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Like, pay him the salary for six months and then potentially sell him to another org if that comes down to it or something. So, I mean... It's hard to shop yourself if you're not playing though it's mm, it kind of is but it's also like i don't think mendo has any problem proving his skill or
0: yeah he's good. i don't think there's any Super
3: doubt good. that he's like a good player so it's more or less just finding the right structure and team environment okay but c9 team i mean the core of it's been having troubles people always rag on NRG. i think for underperforming but c9 even at mlg like where did, where were they you know they didn't show up they made roster swaps they didn't show up in korea but at the end they did
0: i felt like they the much. not getting to
3: playoffs time. is not getting to playoffs right so it's <laughs> okay i'm just saying like you you expect more you know like you can yeah. i think that there's like a weird double standard there but c9s had just as many roster swaps and just as much time to be like impressive but i haven't really seen it they have moments of brilliance every now and then but so does everyone, right? So, I, I mean, good luck to everyone,
0: but... <laughs> right, fair enough. It is what it is. All right, well, next up, we've got... Uh, we alluded to it earlier. We didn't want to talk about Season 3 of Apex, given that you know Doha knows the specifics, and we don't want to put him in that uncomfo- uncomfortable position. But it was leaked that Energy and Rogue will be headed to Korea for the next season of, of Apex, which starts in the summer, I think? Sometime in June? Or is it as early as May? I think no, it's, it's like... It's like as early as late April. Oh, oh, oh wow! It's late April. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like the twenty eighth wow. or the twenty. Okay, never mind. So it's twenty something, I think. <laughs> wow. Okay. So it looks like uh, you know Seagull and Kruger are going to be headed out there, uh, which a lot of people are surprised. You know, based on based on the fact that you know Energy hasn't played much. Rogue, that's I don't think that's much of a surprise. I think Rogue um, has been playing well, just proving themselves here at least so far. Uh, and get another chance to go out there. That's cool. But uh, yeah, thoughts on this. I mean, thoughts on NRG, just getting another shot out there.
1: Um, I mean, I'm not surprised at all that they'd invite a team with that kind of star power. I'm also not surprised that NRG would go. Uh, Obviously, they want to do everything they can to improve and that environment is probably the best way to do it. Uh, Maybe. I mean, arguably. I think so, right now at least, uh, for all the reasons that we talked about earlier in the cast. Uh, but yeah, I'm not super surprised about either of these. I think the bigger surprises are the omissions. Uh, no envious this time. I don't know if that's because they decided not to go or they didn't get invited. Uh, I, I also know that misfits, I think they wanted to, to play. Um, I think uh, reinforced was tweeting about this or posting about this or something earlier. Um, you know, they, they wanted to go back to Korea and boot camp and, and grind it out and try their best but they didn't get the invite and again guys this is this is, none of this is officially confirmed these are just rumors at this point uh but good sources i guess
0: yeah apparently but uh i don't know who the other two are you guys have any idea what the other no, two, there's there's two there's only two there's only two oh there's only two okay i but, think that's that's the leak or
3: the rumor yeah no i think that the, i think the two is almost confirmed i'm not sure i mean i might be wrong okay. but i'm pretty sure that there's been like a big push for OG and like they eventually want to get rid of the Western teams. I think like at the end of the day. Okay. In general.
0: Well, that's half as many Western teams to root for. That's, kind of, that's a little bit of a bummer. Um, but hopefully our energy will, you know, at least uh, have a good showing out there. They're not, it quite- hasn't been good to teams
3: like historically. I mean, obviously we don't have that much history. But when you look at it on paper, no team has come back from Korea and either made a not made a roster change or performed well. I mean, excluding Envious, I guess. Post Mickey, which was like a mirror. I mean, e- even Envious is now in a shaky Trugman, spot yeah. in the current meta. That's exactly. a good point. So. I mean, triple tank, triple tank soldier might be good again. I, the, you don't know, but point being yeah. that like NRG already went to Korea. The original six. they made roster switches like midway through Korea they came back from korea they lost mlg in like the first round of four i think maybe they finished mm-hmm. top 6 i don't remember but fnatic i i honestly have i i i'm usually pretty well caught up in the teams <laughs> or at least what's going on for most of the teams i actually fnatic is a black box right now i've heard rumors of players leaving or them making roster changes but
0: when's the what's like, the last event they played in
3: Korea, OGN, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they went no, Literally, literally, C nine too. C nine fell right? off the face of the earth. Now they're swapping players out. I mean, Misfits came back. They swapped their roles around. They didn't make roster changes, but again, like Misfits, you can say is having a little bit of a rut right now. So Korea might be like the Korea's like a test, but I feel like a lot of teams <laughs> fail at the. It's a mine. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it's I mean, back to the envious thing that. Ben was saying, I think they just don't want to go back. Even I'm, I'm I'm assuming that they got invited or were asked at some point, but I know Timo and stuff. were having a lot of hard, like they were having a hard time just existing in a hotel for that long. It's, it's rough. understandable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. go, Oh guys, we're done with our three months sting Korea hotel. Let's go back for another three months. Like it's not an easy decision to make.
0: Right. Well, it's good. I mean, it'd be good to have an envy, envious back here and playing. And even these online tournaments, I, I personally am happy about it. Um, but it it is... With Apex happening. I wish Apex went not having so quickly, like, back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. That was one of the issues I used to have with, you know, GSL and any of these Korean um, tournaments just because it just takes away, like barely even remember the last season the previous season's champion and, and then it's like immediately the next season starts and then they immediately start playing somebody different and they could be it's losing tv production i gotta keep the, I know, but it, it keep the series going it devalues it, it like champions and or championships and things like that but um yeah okay let's see last thing is win streaks are already being toned down um what's that what's that um
1: Uh, Yeah, this was uh, what Griffin tweeted us uh, right before we started the show. Again, we're recording on Tuesday, so you all probably have seen this on Reddit by now. But breaking news for us is that they're toning down win streaks. And uh, I think a lot of the high-level players are are happy about this. The whole idea behind win streaks is, hey, if you're winning like 10 games in a row, you're probably way under-ranked for where you should be. So you should gain more for the longer the win streak goes. And that's still going to be the case. They're just toning it down significantly. Uh, we don't know any more details than kind of just what that. Uh, but play about, you're happy about this, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, mean, I mean, I haven't played much rank this season. I've been taking a mental break from the ladder. But <laughs> statistically, there I, I remember last season specifically, there was this one game I had. It was on Noobani. Uh, it, it like sticks out in my mind because it was so funny to me. Like, This guy joins voice chat, and he's like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And we're just like, what? Like, what do you mean you don't know what you're doing here? He's like, I started off this morning in diamond, and I've just been winning every game since this morning. And he, like, somehow climbed from mid – it was like – it might have been platinum. It was like mid-diamond. It was like low diamond or high platinum all the way into, like, top 300 or something. Just like some lucky – some, like, lucky, crazy support win streak where I guess he was playing Lucio and Anna and stuff. And we were all just like, are you joking? He, he like, linked us his page at the end. He's like, check this out. This is ridiculous. So it'll get rid of that. I mean, you don't want to be that guy because you start feeling like, oh, God, if I underperform, it's, this is definitely my fault. So it gets rid of that situation. And I think that there was a problem. I mean, I, there was a conversation this morning we had on Discord between like me and a few people where, I mean, is it really okay that you can get an account to GM in like 15 games? Yeah. Like, that and- seemed like, you know, like there's like a question there that at a fundamental level, like, do you think that that's okay? And... I think this gets, like makes that harder which I I do like as a
0: player. Okay, I mean this kind of plays into Jeff you know had had a post today too about smurfing and boosting and I guess his opinions on it. I think generally boosting obviously super he, he views it super bad. They're trying to make changes and, or track it so that that they can uh um dis- discourage, you know, that sort of thing from happening. But Jeff said that smurfing, he doesn't he doesn't think that's a big issue right now at all and the fact i think he even mentioned how fast people generally you know just get through those initial ranks you know all the way about you know up to G- gm if they if you are a grandmaster player so um i mean your your answer there getting from you know nothing to gm in 15 i mean i i don't i don't know if you deserve to be in gm i don't think it's that big a deal i mean i think when you're talking about the guy that you ran into that that's a bigger deal because that guy is obviously outside the scope of which he should have been and and that's purely because of shrieking
3: well there's also like the yeah. case of like say you bring your diamond friend to gm in like 10 games and just leave him there
0: well that's boost yeah well yeah that's the whole boosting thing yeah Are people
3: paying for boosts and then suddenly it only takes you like a day to get someone from Diamond to GM and then you give them their account back. I mean, it happens a lot and people do pay money for it. And it's a problem if you're a player and there's a lot of players like that because it is so simple. It's not other games. It takes like weeks and weeks sometimes. But this one you can do almost in like an afternoon and a half. So I'm not sure.
0: All right. Well, I think that's it for the news, guys. And uh no questions this week too from email. But if you guys do want to email us questions, we can read out on the show and hopefully provide some great insight on something that you've been wondering about, go ahead and email those to or email us at the at tv, and we'll take a look at it. But that's gonna be it guys for the show. Why don't we do some shout outs, wrap things up? Flame, great always having you on here. Do some analysis for us on you know a lot of the events i mean it's midnight like man it's been a, i know man it's been a late. This it's time been a very long
3: today. day I, I, It was a good day we got a good patch we, i got to hang out with Doa a little yeah, bit we got to talk exactly. some there were some exciting changes to matchmaking we got some changes to lucio yeah it's pretty solid tuesday i would say but i mean shout outs to normal my discord and my, everyone on that supports me and you guys for having me back
0: awesome fish sticks uh, go
3: out
1: there try try some Lucio. Give your feedback to Blizzard. Let them know how you're feeling about it on the on 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 the uh, on the Reddits forums. and the forums. Because mm-hmm. they do read it, by the way. If you didn't and know that they didn't by now, read it. you probably haven't been paying attention. They do read that stuff. Uh, go watch Overpit. Uh, by the time this airs, we'll be down to the very last bit of it. So Overpit finals will be this Friday. Make sure to tune in. Both NA and EU should be good stuff. We're going to see... How the Western scene, uh sans a couple teams like Envious and Cloud Nine, uh are doing. Uh upcoming is I think like the, the next major thing in the West is the Alienware monthly melee, which we're gonna see NRG participate in. So mm-hmm. we're finally gonna get to see this new NRG roster. That's gonna be exciting. And yeah, I'm gonna be playing Lucio, man. I'm gonna try to figure this character out, see, see if he's still viable with all of the changes and there we're Benny. Uh, but yeah great show good talking to Doa excited to have those guys yeah. in, in in California hopefully we'll get to see them soon and yeah another right. great show
0: yeah we'll big see thanks. You next week yeah definitely big thanks to the three of you guys you know Ben flame and of course Doa who was on earlier uh, fantastic show thanks to everybody for watching also and uh, if you want to follow the overview on Twitter you can do that by following the overview GG, and you can find the YouTube vods um, on twitter youtube.com slash chaman v as well as all the previous episodes you can find there um and you can follow us on twitter the twitter is going to be listed underneath too you can see all that um but that's going to be it for the overview this week so for doa flame fish sticks and myself Chaman v we'll see you next time De-da.